All right, cool. We're live. This is it. This is the Morse Code Podcast. We are here. I am your, I don't know, I guess your host, kind of leading y'all on this little project. I am uh, I'm not by myself. Uh, I had to bring in my main man for this one. We have, we are lucky to have, I guess, the Cambodian prince himself, Bud Light Poppy, work from home Poppy, S. Prizzle, Soapy Preep in the building. Soapy, what's good? Say hi to the people one time. What an introduction. Thanks, Dan. Uh, excited to get this started, and hopefully people enjoy this. If not, too bad. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. <laughs> it's actually like probably the worst case scenario when starting a new project like this. Like Literally everyone who listens to it like hates it and thinks it's trash, or doesn't even doesn't listen to it and still thinks it's trash. That's probably a worst case scenario. Yeah, wouldn't I be would ideal. Say. I would agree. Yeah, not ideal. But here we are again, the Morse Code podcast, um, chopping up about a lot of different stuff, man. Um, you know, from hoops to hip hop and everything in between. That's kind of the tagline we've been going with. Um, and ironically, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess interesting to start somewhat of a sports focused show while there are no sports being played. Uh, thank you, Corona. Awesome. Going crazy. But mm, shout out COVID. Uh, Shout out COVID-19, right? Really, really kind of messing this whole thing up on a number of different levels. But there is a silver lining. We were we were gifted this past weekend with the Last Dance documentary coming out early. That's really what we're going to dive into a lot about today because that's really uh, it's really all we have going on right now. It's really the the talk of the town, whatever you want to call it. But um, I'll, I'll get your you know kind of quick thoughts in general on the documentary shortly. But I was just thinking earlier, I mean, I remember, maybe you can help me out here, when this thing was first kind of teased, it was like, it was a long ass time ago. Because I remember like people were, the the big topic was like, we saw this, you know, this this dope trailer for this documentary, and then it's like coming summer like 2020, and it's like, what the hell? I think it was honestly like 2018. Like it was well over a year when that first trailer came out, right? Yeah, I definitely remember seeing it on Twitter and people being like, wow, this looks so sick coming in 18 months like when, <laughs> when has anything been teased for that long unless it was like a i don't know man seriously that's like that's like a star wars trailer that that's like that's like a little much but and again i mean fast forward to now the hype yes it was released early but i mean i think it was supposed to come out this summer anyway i think it was timed up to come out like right after the nba finals which would have been cool and i think would have played it would have been cool if that kind of played into the mj versus lebron narrative before if you know, the Lakers went to the finals and it'd be even cooler if they won. Um, but I, I don't want to get too, too into that right now. But but anyway, I'll, I'll say this, too. I mean, this is I mean, if you haven't heard of it, you've probably been living under a rock or, or something. Because if you're a sports fan, I don't know what oh, else. You would, you would, seriously. But like, <laughs> like what else would you be paying attention to or like looking forward to? But it's air. It's it's part of ESPN's 30 for 30 series. Um, I'll say this. I'm, I'm not a huge ESPN fan in the past, whatever, three, four, five years. Um, yeah, yeah I, I know. Again, a little. A little political, a little corny, a little, I don't know, not, not really like in the direction it's going, but I will say this, man, these, the, the best thing they do by far is 30 for 30, right? Mm-hmm. These documentaries are typically, you know, typically fire between, you know, they the bad boys, um, you know, broke, you don't know, Bo, uh, what else, dude? Way too many names. The Red Sox one is really cool. Um, yep. Jordan, what, what rides are some the bus. Jordan rides the bus is awesome. Oh, um, Rodman. Rodman's is good. The yeah. Mike Vick one came out recently. Um, ah, dude, another good one that came out. I'm not even a big like UFC guy, but the Chocolate L Tito Ortiz one was pretty good too. I watched I that. To check that out. I'm starting to get into that stuff. So it, nice tap out, right? Actually, <laughs> tap out. Uh, it is. It is pretty good. I think it's actually from the most current season. Um, what What are some other ones you've seen that that you like? I don't forget. I think of two other ones. So there's um, the Big East one about I how seen that one yet. That the Requiem for the Big faded. East. That yep. was pretty dope. Yep. That was really good. And then Reggie Miller against the Knicks oh, was really that good. So good. That one's so um, good. And like it's see that one seemed really like not low budget, but like it just seemed di- like very low produced compared to some of the other ones. It, it was still awesome. Um yeah, yeah that I, one was I would, good. Oh, the Fab Five. That yeah. one was so good. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, just I feel like anything early There's to mid nineties that come so to like good. be released. Amazing amazing and, and that's virtually obviously what what last dance was um the, Wait, the new ones are just a real quick question do you remember yeah. the one about the the raiders quarterback the really skinny like ginger guy yeah uh pete maravich <laughs> yeah something like you that. Know, like that, that one? 
I no, I actually did find that entertaining, but I had like I don't know, just being a newer football fan, yeah. I had no like recollection of that story. It's a pretty funny one. No, though. me neither. Not really. Um, no, I mean not really. But that reminds me, the Junior Sale one was really good too. That one I think kind of flew under the radar a little bit. That one was honestly pretty kind of fucked up. Like went into a lot of like CT and stuff like that. Um, I mean they're all they're all good. I mean honestly, even like the the worst. There's some about like things I don't really even follow that are good, dude. No, I actually I keep seeing online like on Twitter and stuff when they talk about the best thirty for thirties. Have you seen the two Escobars? Um, uh, no. What what is that one about? Yeah. So there's people that like swear by that one, and it's now that I actually looked into what it is, it sounds awesome. Uh, it it's about um, I, I I'm probably like butchering this, but it's something along the lines of soccer, which again isn't really why I probably chose not to watch it because I'm not a big soccer guy, but it's um a, a soccer player named escobar and the other escobar they're talking about is pablo escobar so it's talking about like a relationship between pablo escobar and one of like the the foreign soccer teams and two and, and well-known all rivals <laughs> yeah big time i mean if you don't know who pablo escobar is then like bro like, like this this is the same for you he's, he's big time for sure um l uh big, big time um i don't know if i'm a big time pablo escobar fan I can't really, I can't really, you know, attest to some of his morals and stuff like that, but I think it would make for a <laughs> entertaining ethics. documentary. Uh, dude, I mean, suspect at best as far as you know, <laughs> some of his, you know, business practices and things of that nature. People do Honest, argue that though. Like the people of, he's from Colombia, right? Yeah. I think, I, so. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, he was kind of a, uh, like a hero to us because he did bring mm-hmm. us more. I don't know if you want to call it sure. wealth or success, whatever. So that is kind of funny. But yeah, I, I gotta check that one out. I just thought teach, of another one. Teach his own, I guess. <laughs> the um, have you seen the one where it's it's basically that one day in '94? Yes. Where's the that one's day awesome. of OJ, the Rockets yes. one, the Rockets and game, the and the Rangers, Rangers like game. Stanley Cup. Yep. Yeah. Good call. That's another classic one. Good call. Yep, that one is good. Um, I mean, they're they're all good. Anyway, we're we're kind of getting away from the point. They're all good, and and. You know, th- this being released now it is great. And obviously the ratings have been through the roof. The hype was just, I get nervous about shows like this when, you know, the hype starts to get a little out of control. Um, like one thing I, I don't like is things getting overhyped and you just build up expectations, build up expectations and you watch something and it could be, it could be awesome. It could be really great, but it kind of dilutes it. You know what I mean? When, when you have expectations built up too high. I think I was pleasantly surprised, at least with the first installment of this one, um, how it went. I mean, you could tell, dude, just from the jump, like just from the opening credits, just from the opening, you know, the soundtracks, the the guys they bring in for interviews. Um, th- this is going to be a wild ride all the way through. I mean, it's 10, 10 episodes, two a week. So we went through the first two this past week. And it, it's kind of cool, too, man. I was thinking the other day, like now that, you know, since we've all been staying at home, kind of binge watching and we're in that like I said, that, that binge mentality, right. Where you can, where you can watch, you know, Ozark on Netflix in, in a weekend and find a show and just knock out seasons at a time. The fact that it's, you know, we got to wait every Sunday to catch the next installment. I mean, dude, right now, this, this is, this is like the new game of Thrones. You know, this is what people are watching every Sunday night talking about all week, waiting for mm-hmm. the next one all week as well. Would you agree? Yeah. I feel like, um, it's, it's perfect, like, obviously unfortunate the circumstances that mm. this all happened in, but it's kind of perfect in the sense that there was nothing, like, whether you're a really diehard sports basketball fan or you're kind mm. of a fringe, I don't mm. know, like, at this point, everyone knows who Michael Jordan is, so maybe those right. people are watching too, but it it's awesome that there was something that everyone could look forward to, so it almost feels like we're all watching it together. Like, I mm. definitely felt that watching it while... I was trying to avoid um, Twitter too much for, yep. for basically for like I wanted to have my own thoughts about it. But at the same time, I was following along and it was just cool knowing that. Yeah, I think you said other than the Super Bowl or something like that, it's like the it's one of the few times where I can think of where it feels like we're all watching this, which is yep. cool because we're all doing this separately. So it's like one of the few things that is uniting people. Yeah, at the no, moment. I agree. So, Dude, I- yeah, no, it, it's perfect timing. And I'll, I'll be honest, bro, I, I I was way more hyped for this than I was for the Super Bowl, you know, oh, for certain for certain sporting events that this this was just different. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. It, and like you said, it's it's 
I, I, I wanted to stay away from Twitter as well, but I mean, after like 10 minutes, I was like, dude, you got to see what's going on. And then you see, you know, all like the barstool guys talking about it, obviously ex players, um, you know, NBA media personalities and stuff like that. And everyone kind of has their own different, different take on things. And it's cool because it's multi-generational too, right? I mean, we're both around the same age when this stuff was happening, you know, th- those runs in the nineties, I would, you know, I was five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. I wasn't following it like you know, right. like I follow sports when I was, you know, in my teens or 20s or, or, you know, currently and stuff like that. A lot of this stuff is in, is in, you know, retrospect for me, especially, um, you know, Jordan's early years in the 80s. I wasn't even, I wasn't even born for most of those. But it, it's cool, too, because I, I know, like, you know, like, like my dad is a sports fan and stuff, and he's going to watch it a little differently than me. And then kids in high school now um, who grew up on guys like LeBron and, 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 you know, Kobe and Carmelo and all those guys, it's just, um, it, it it's it's it, it it's just good to kind of get like you said man everybody back on the same track watching the same things but with just different different points of view um but with this with that man like let's just get right into it so obviously it sounds like general thoughts were both on the same page it was it, it lived up to the hype it was awesome right from the jump um one thing that stuck out to me man it's just like the hype around the Chicago Bulls in the 90s was there's it was unlike anything else there, i just yeah I no trying the whole time to compare there's literally no comparison and i mean look what we're, we grew up with the patriots they went on a 20-year dynasty you know we had the yankees you can argue like the lakers and those teams in the in the early 2000s mm-hmm. there, there's nothing like it dude i mean chicago that chicago bulls logo just took over every you know every grade school recess courtyard everybody you know as corny as it sounds wanted to be like mike you know what I mean? All the shit with like Dennis Rodman and all that stuff, um, you know, from Phil Jackson, the coach to Scotty to the role players. I mean, they had some some bad dudes um, in role player roles, too. When, you know, guys like Steve Kerr and and John Paxson and all that stuff. Uh, Oak was in it a little bit in the, in the 80s part of the documentary. But man, that that hype for the Bulls was like like no other. That was so fun to kind of relive through through the early parts of this documentary. Yeah, it was awesome. It was um it just kind of brought you back to like, <clears throat> I don't know, growing up in the '90s, and there was no one more iconic than than Michael Jordan on basketball court. And then I started to think of like almost around a Mount Rushmore of just people in general. I would say that it's like him, Elvis, I don't know, um, Michael Jackson, Obama. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that there's many more people that were more popular than him. And like you said, on every playground, people are wearing like the Bulls starter jackets or Bulls hats. No other team had a, a team intro that is that iconic that other people actually know about. Like That'll never happen again. Like that, maybe, that's the most like fire thing of all time. That's yeah. like top 10. I, I can't <laughs> think of anything comparable. Like, I don't know what the, well, I don't know. I guess the Patriots come out to, um, uh, what's it called? The, uh, that band with Ozzy Osbourne, but that's yeah, yeah. Like, um, not like a nationally known thing. Like, I know. No you one mean. knows it. Yep. And, no, um, no, no. Yeah, these guys were just on like a, a Beatles. They were legitimately rock stars in the 90s, Absolutely. which was so sick. And I, I was thinking like if we fast forward to, let's say, 15, 20 years from now, and if they do something about one of the LeBron teams, it's not going to be nearly as cool, cool because like how I, I no athlete right now is, is that like Jordan almost seems not human, whereas mm-hmm. the guys today – we would watch it and we would enjoy it, but we wouldn't be like, oh, man, this is so cool or this gives me goosebumps or this reminds mm-hmm. me of like when I was watching him at, growing up. Like, I don't know. No, no one is. Th- no one will ever be this cool again. I don't think. No, but I, I you actually brought something up interesting. I was going to touch on, too. I think a big part of that and you you said it, it's just different times. Like, remember, back in the 90s, you you saw Michael Jordan when he was playing basketball and, and in commercials. That was it. I mean, they, they showed the hype around like, you know, people waiting out in line to get get tickets to the game and to see Michael Jordan. And obviously we saw early on the, the scenes over in um, the exhibition over in Paris and stuff like that. People going crazy. Yep. It's just different now because we we can see athletes every day now. You know what I mean? Like with with Twitter and Instagram, you can you can interact with LeBron James every day. You know what he's doing at all times. Mm-hmm. Any athlete for that matter. I, I think that makes it a little different. Um, but to your <laughs> point. Go I was ahead. just going to say, if they, uh, it, I could see one of these specials coming out about like this Lakers season or something. They show, they, uh, they show like a Lakers win. LeBron goes to the locker room. 
and like where Jordan was talking about one of those trophies or something, or yeah, yeah, or yeah. you basically don't know what he's thinking post game because you just see him on the court. LeBron, mm-hmm. it would be like he immediately grabs his phone. He's like rapping along to Kendrick Lamar yep. or like yeah, <laughs> yelling about Taco yeah. Tuesday. It's like I know exactly what this fucking guy is doing at all <laughs> times because it's always out there. They don't There's need no to make mystery. a documentary. You just go to his Instagram and just watch his videos. That's, there's a documentary. <laughs> 30 for 30. It's yeah, free. Just Download it. Like, what, like with his family and shit. Like, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no like mystique about LeBron. We know exactly yeah. what he's putting out there. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think, um, I think speaking of LeBron, I, and again, I don't want to tie this too much to LeBron, but man, here's the other thing I kept thinking of during that, during that whole thing um was phil jackson too it was cool to see like the respect that mike that scotty that all those guys had for phil jackson bro that that team didn't need a coach x's and o's wise they they needed phil jackson and that's phil jackson's career right personality management he went from uh winning a handful of rings with that team turned around did the same thing with Shaq and kobe that's no easy feat lebron can never say that lebron shits on his coaches lebron gets coaches Mm -hmm. fired (laughs) <laughs> LeBron has no respect for his coaches. And I, I think that is just another and again, I'm not, you know, put putting points in the LeBron camp and LeBron in the, the MJ camp, but that there there's just things that kind of cross my mind that just I, I hate to say it, dude, like as soon as LeBron lost that first finals against the Spurs, granted, it, I get it. It was an all the fanboys are gonna say it's you know, no one no one else will be able to get that team to the finals. But bro, like if you're on a path to compete with MJ and his lore, as soon as you lose your first finals, you're out of that conversation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're you're just it's it's no matter what he did with Miami and the Heatles and all that stuff, it's just it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to let me put it this way. This this documentary early on doesn't help the LeBron narrative <laughs> very much. And if you've noticed, yeah. man, he's been pretty quiet. He's been pretty quiet this week about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone else is coming out saying, you know. Uh, goat this, goat that, fire emojis here and there. I don't know, man. I think LeBron's sitting at home like, damn. Like, I need to get, I need, he, that dude needs to, he needs to get back on the court because uh, I, I think the Lakers were going to win the finals this year. I don't want to go into too much like about current NBA, but I, I think they're either going to win or had a very good chance of winning. I think yeah, that would have tied really nicely into if they aired this documentary when they were supposed to after the NBA Finals. Or what would have been worse is if they do go to the Finals and he chokes against like Giannis or something like that and they lose in like five or six games. Um, oh, God. That, that certainly <laughs> wouldn't help things either. I don't think he'd f- even fucking watch the documentary. He'd probably cancel ESPN. <laughs> he would have found he would have found a way to like stop it from airing. Yeah. Him and uh, Rich Paul. <laughs> yeah. It, but no, that's be like in... about, about uh, Phil Jackson because... I always used to think it was so overrated how much people would be like, yeah, we don't necessarily need him out there for the strategy, but he is a great coach because he's able to manage personalities. And I'd always be like, well, how much does that really fucking matter on a basketball court? But then when they were talking about, um, I don't know, just how difficult Jordan can be to play with. And then when they started to trail off or um, do the trailer for next week's episode about Rodman, I was like, yeah, that is that is a really good point because. These guys can figure it out on the court, but if at the same time they hate each other enough off the court or you can't like wrangle them together when mm-hmm. they're all against management and even Phil Jackson was kind of against management, then then you're still not going to win. And it's kind of like um I don't know, it's kind of I think it's the same way that people think of Doc Rivers for the 08 Celtics team, which is kind of yep, funny I how agree. It's like those guys are definitely good enough uh, basketball wise to win, but you still have to get mm-hmm. them to all buy in and, and focus. So yeah, good 100%. point on him. It, it makes me respect Phil Jackson more. Like I was never a huge fan of him. Well, it makes me respect Mike more too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mike, Mike, you could tell Mike had love for Phil Jackson. He said it. He's like, I'm, I'm not playing next year without, I'm not playing for another coach. LeBron had, I, I keep, keep picking on LeBron, a lot of players, I guess. That you, you don't hear that a lot. Honestly, Doc's probably the, like you said. The, 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 there's there's respect and love for Doc on that 08 team as well. But it's almost like Steve Kerr. Same thing with the uh, Warriors. You know, you you roll out a lineup with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. I can coach that fucking team and at least get to the Western Conference Finals. I think at least probably win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just like <laughs> you <laughs> you just need someone to make sure that they're. They're all focused they on one thing, up. and they don't, like, fucking kill each other off the court. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, just go around, set everyone's alarm. <laughs> um, make sure Dennis doesn't forget his shoes. 
Yeah. And uh, <laughs> make sure Scotty gets his his six XL trench coat suit jacket. Um, <laughs> make sure Scotty has enough money to pay like his cable bill. Yeah. <laughs> <Imagine> <laughs> or like pay his Scotty, like bill so that he could have uh, lights on when he goes home. Yeah, bro. That was oof, that that was another one. But speaking of, speaking of intros and Scotty and I guess like the timepiece of the nineties, bro, not a good look on Scotty's uh Scotty's suit game so far in the series. I don't know if you noticed, but oh, that, yeah. that bro's wearing big clothes. Like big, big clothes. <laughs> Real loose. Like loose ass pants with like a like extremely tight belt so it made them almost like flare out to like the side like there's a scene when he's talking to jerry krause who we'll get into in a second too um first of all any scene with, with jerry talking to the players is hilarious because he literally like his eye line is at like their like chest and like there's no way you can like not to mention he's like fat but there's no way you can look good like even if they weren't just shitting on this guy the whole episode, there's just no way you can look any part of authority. Like when you're trying to talk to Scottie Pippen or Michael Jordan, when that's how you, when that's oh, how you no. appear. Not, not only is he, you know, short and we'll call him, um, wide, uniquely <laughs> stocky, <laughs> but yeah, he's just like, he wasn't very well put together either. It looked like he just, he, he like fast. took off his sleeping cap and then drove straight to the office. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. He just, I really happy. Not not someone who would command respect. I don't no. know. And obviously those guys are six 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 seven. So who knows? Maybe that guy is like five eleven. So not that short. But comparatively, yeah. they were just like, yeah, who the fuck's this little shrimp trying to tell us what to do or why Seriously. does he handle? Why does he try like, to take all the credit for the shit? That yeah. So a couple thoughts. Any scene like obviously is that scene in episode one when Mike's just kind of like chirping him like um. I don't so, know, just like shitting on Jerry by the water cooler. All I can think about is just Michael Scott stay today. Like, just kidding, like no respect whatsoever. <laughs> like, dude, just trying to do his job, walking around, trying to keep the mood light, just getting shit on like by Daryl and all the off and all the um, warehouse guys like 24 <laughs> seven. Um, and then the other thing, dude, like this, like the swagger of like Mike and Scotty and those guys is like talking down to your virtually your boss, one of your bosses. <laughs> Dude, by rings like three, four, and five, that's just the ultimate like you can't tell me nothing move. Like, what are you gonna say to me? <laughs> like, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm literally, you know, I, I'm bringing I'm bringing a handful of rings to your organization. Like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> it's like Watson does whatever he wants. Those yeah, that must best. have been so tough to be the GM. Like, as much as the anti Kraus thing is definitely accurate, I still mm-hmm. like a small part of me feels bad for him in a way just because. Number one, he is dead, so he can't like defend himself against any of this stuff. I forgot about that till like halfway through the episode. Uh, dude, and I, I didn't. Like, know Damn. I, I was like, when up. are they gonna get Jerry on to like defend himself? <laughs> it's like, oh, Jerry ain't coming on this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just so hilarious to have those guys basically walking all over him. But I mean, if anyone deserved to be able to do that, it's it's them. So can't mm-hmm. hold it against them too much. Yeah, I agree. The other, the other thing that I thought stood out to me was just that era of basketball, dude. Like, just like the, I, I know it's like, sounds cliche, but dude, like the physicality, the fights, like there were legit fights. Like what qualified as a fight back in the 80s, 90s would be like Malice in the Palace, like now. Like, like it was just like so different. And I was thinking back, like, dude, remember like, and, and that's why I can't get into these conversations comparing like, oh, who would win? Like today's Warriors or like those Bulls or something like that. I was just thinking back. Remember this year with like the Joel Embiid and in Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I want to <laughs> call it a fight, dude. Yeah, that that would literally be like that's the equivalent of like pregame like handshakes, like for some of those like Pistons yeah. and, like Bulls games like back. In the, th- those guys would wouldn't last five seconds. Like they they would just get. Uh, there's just no comparison to like the the actual like physicality play of the game between now and then then and now yeah. either. I, I can't stand that the NBA now doesn't let guys let those things go a little bit or let it like either develop a little bit, not to say like, oh yeah, we're just going to let these guys full on fight. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just call it like a double foul, which is what it probably would have been back then. But now it's like, okay, not only are we going to give some flagrant fouls on this, but we're going to go to the replay. Maybe it's a flagrant two and you get ejected. It's just like, come yeah. on, like this, Five game this suspension. game part of this out of the game. Public apology video on Twitter <laughs> and a donation to Adam Silver's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And you have to delete just... 
and you and you lose five hundred thousand Instagram followers somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like even yeah. dude, like remember the scenes like Dennis Rodman goes into the crowd and just like kicks the camera guy in the nuts, just gets up <laughs> and goes back to what he was doing. It's just another day, another day at work to be a an under the hoop camera guy for a Chicago Bulls game. You don't know what's gonna happen to you. Imagine getting kicked in the like square in your dick by mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman. Hell of a story. I would to do. But yeah, I would. You'd be able to share that with your grandkids, I guess. I guess, man. I'd probably have a pretty, pretty wordy email to my HR director the next day when I go into the <laughs> office to pick up my. To pick up my schedule for where I'm going to be next week. Guys, I hate to I make waves, have... but um, I don't know if you caught last night's game. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you got to take me out of these Bulls games, man. <laughs> this, this is some bullshit, for real. <laughs> yeah, you got to let me know when uh, 91's going to be back in town again. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, he, he was coming in hot, to say the least, on that scene. Big time. And he... I feel like that happened a lot more back then. I don't know, do you think camera people sat, like, closer? Like, dude, almost like every layup resulted in a player landing in a camera guy's <laughs> body one way or the other. It happens now, but not as frequent. I no, guess I agree. His, history, hey, whatever the saying is, you know, if you don't if you don't learn from history, you're bound to bound to repeat it. So, any mm. good cameraman sees that clip, I'm I'm giving myself another five or six foot buffer. Yeah, they, they made that six foot six foot social distancing popular before before COVID <laughs> did. That's for sure. All- Ever since then, NBA instated like all cameramen have to wear cups yeah, just absolutely. in case. Personal protective <laughs> equipment, PPE. <laughs> you're gonna get, you're gonna get put in a world of hurt, man. If you're under the hoop of that, that that man coming at you. Dude, that um, guy had the most stunned fa- uh, facial expression ever, too. It looked yeah. like his eyes were gonna pop out of his head. He yeah, got kicked did. in the nuts, and then it looked like he just saw a ghost. Which I don't yeah. blame him, but it just it's just a hilarious image. I wonder if he like shout out to his nuts. Yeah, shout out that guy's nuts, big time. <laughs> he took one, took one for his team for sure. Um, you know what else kind of hit me, man? Like just going back to the actual basketball portion of this documentary. Yes, this whole thing is based on the last season, and obviously it's catered a little towards Mike and his six rings. Man, some of those montages, the, the whole scene from uh, the North Carolina stuff. That that was dope too. A lot of people forget, myself included. Like it's just like so like far down on the radar that you know this kid won a, a national championship as well with a game game winning shot. Freshman, like that oh, yeah. that's that's for most professional athletes. So even professional athletes, that's that's a pretty pretty good claim to fame. That that's just buried buried so far below his ridiculous <laughs> NBA career too. That's like in um... the scene with like James Worthy talking about that play being drawn up and stuff. That was that was pretty dope too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think people definitely forget about that. That's like, um, like if you go to apply for a job or if you work with a recruiter and they're like, yeah, you don't need to list your fucking high school job as your experience. That was what that shot was for Jordan. He was like, mm, I don't know yep. if I need to even list this because I have a uh, hundred other awards that yeah. I could talk about before I get to that. But that's uh, like when you're when you're putting together a resume and like you're listing things and you list one more thing, but it takes you on to the next page, so you just delete oh, yeah. it have an extra page printout it's like nah i guess i can just uh, i don't know I, I can't really fit my my buzzer beater ncaa championship <laughs> winning shot I'll, I'll just leave that off i thought a hilarious part was uh ewing being in it and i i could be wrong him. i think Michael that he Jordan. did win a national title but just as just the same regardless it was just like ewing's probably being asked to um like interview for this and you know in his head he's like this guy fucking tortured me like since I was in college and then throughout my prof- entire professional career. Now, <laughs> like, has, has stopped me from winning at every opportunity possible. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I feel like they're probably like good friends in real life, but man, that guy, mm-hmm. that guy ran into some real, real Michael Jordan adversity and objections <laughs> every step of the way. Imagine like how pissed he must have been when Mike came back from baseball. <laughs> oh my God! It's like, dude, this guy's retiring semi early. You know, I, I can probably put together a few good years, get to the finals, maybe win one. And then, dude, you, you blink, you open your eyes, and it's 45 staring right at you. He's back. 
<laughs> yeah, he Hello. he probably took Three those more. two seasons that um, Jordan was off and was like, oh shit, like I could get used to this. I'm going further yeah, in the playoffs. Like, kind of nice. <laughs> he he almost won yeah. a title and he was like, all right, I be- like we were one game away. Next year we're taking it all. And then yeah. nope, I'm uh, back. I'm back. <laughs> And I bet I, I can literally picture Patrick Ewing watching that on TV and like pulling off his shoe and like throwing it through his television. So pissed. <laughs> Untaping his dick and throwing it through his television. <laughs> I mean, there's oh, just that's that's a high level of frustration. I've been there. I've certainly <laughs> I've certainly been frustrated before, but man, that that's gotta be on the top of his list of things that irk him. Oh yeah. MJ comes back for no reason. Um on another note, going back to, to Jerry Krause, I think one of the mo- more incredible scenes was their ring ceremony going into 97. Um, they announced Jerry Krause, and he just gets booed out of the building pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like Rod Dickadale at the draft. He put together this ridiculous team. Like, I, you do got to give Jerry props. I mean, you know what I mean? They 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 drafted Mike. They got Scotty. Um, they got Dennis over in the trade. They got all those role players. I, I mean, he's not, he, he's not a schmuck. He's good at his job, I just mm. think. They kind of positioned it, it, him as really just overcompensating. I think. I mean, going into you know ninety seven, ninety eight with a a pretty good chance to win another ring, and a lot of the narrative is built on you know rebuilding and and finding trade suitors for Scotty. It's like, bro, like just relax. Like what you don't you you won, bro. Like you hit the jackpot. Just sit back and like win another ring. Like why are you trying so hard? It's definitely it, it, it has was, to be like a personality thing. It it blew my mind that. I can understand this stuff was happening behind closed doors where none of the public knew about it or none of the media knew about it. But these guys were like still winning, but really they hated each other. We just didn't know about it. But for them to be so public about it, Jerry Krause coming out in whatever that was, I think it was the summer of 97. And he was like, yeah, this is Phil Jackson's last year. Could you imagine if like Belichick or the Patriots did that right now? That's so ridiculous. Like, Keep that behind closed doors or else or else yeah, you're gonna get booed out of the building because you're making mm-hmm. a them versus me thing. And absolutely. Yeah, well, and it's then disrespectful it was like, too. It's like what are you doing? Like not business from business, like why are you trying to like mess this up so early? You have mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, you have Scotty Pippen, you have everything you need, you have Phil Jackson, you have a crazy raving fan base, not not only just locally, but literally all over the world. We saw that during, you know, the Paris scenes. Yeah, I would literally I, I would take the year off. I would take the NBA season off. Like, what do I have to do if if, if like three people like, you know, go on injured reserve and I have to, you know, sign a scrub off the street, like shoot me a text and let me know. I'll do that. But yeah. besides that, bro, like just run it back. <laughs> I don't get it either because there's obviously some sort of financial um, consequence from going with from going from Michael Jordan to rebuilding. So mm-hmm. like. Even the amount of money wasn't enough. Yeah, like even that that prospect of of uh, not losing your fan base, but whatever the whatever the money amounts to um, in making far less if Jordan leaves the team. And that guy was just like, no, I don't care. Um, I'm still going to rebuild and Hmm. talk publicly about it and basically like kind of throw these guys under the bus or, or bash them when he was when someone asked him like what he thinks of management versus the players. And he was like, well, the players are important, but man, but organizations are the ones that win titles, which yeah, was just, line. dude, are you serious? Like imagine if, yeah. What imagine if Belichick got just booed out of the building. As well. <laughs> Say that like, again. I said, what a ridiculous, like how ridiculous, how ridiculously unproven that line was as well. Like look oh, at yeah. the bulls. I, I can't, if you pulled a hundred people, you can't name one or two players on the bulls before Mike got there afterwards they were just as terrible you know what i mean they were literally they've been like the laughing stock of the nba for most of the 2000s they had a little run with like derrick rose and, and ben gordon and those guys but like that I, I consider the bulls a terrible organization outside of like that thing they had in the 90s like they're just they're, i can't see them being good anytime soon um and you can say that for a lot of organizations yeah i guess players coaches it's all part of it um but I can't imagine a world where you would put the organ. I don't well, like. What does that even mean? Like, what is the organization if you're not counting the players and the coaches, the front office guys, and like the logo? <laughs> imagine if those guys did have to suit up, like because, <laughs> or if that was a stipulation where Jordan was like, "All right, fuck it, I'll do whatever you want." But if like Rodman gets suspended one game, then Jerry Krause, your ass is suiting up. 
<laughs> Jerry Krause co- <laughs> and from I don't even know what school he went to, yeah, but yeah. him getting introduced. <laughs> well, dude, you know what it is? It's literally the guy from Space Jam coming in. Um, I don't even know oh, that yeah. actor's name. The guy who plays uh, Newman in Seinfeld. <laughs> when he comes into the game, he gets smoked by a monster. Three would happen. He gets like stepped on or like yeah, something terrible happens to him. Oh god. I hope I hope there's some sort of Space Jam montage. When was Space when did they make Space Jam anyway? Ninety six. Was that in between basketball or was that like when he just came back? I guess they I think they said that he actually filmed it like a couple years earlier, which is kinda weird, but mm-hmm. um yeah, that'd be hilarious if they do bring up that connection, like like I'm sure at this point everyone's seen it. Swackhammer. Yeah, that, that guy was inspired most likely As- by Jerry Krause. Imagine mm-hmm. if Jordan brings that up and is like, yeah, um, I had them draw him fucking puke green, uh, stupid ass ears, and like a baggy purple suit because that's essentially yep. how I thought of Jerry Krause. Because that's <laughs> what he looks like. That's my boss. <laughs> that's Jerry. Oh, actually, wait a minute. Uh, go, sorry, going back to what you said earlier about the um, how Scotty was dressed. Yeah. I remember, <clears throat> there was one clip where it looked like Jordan was wearing like pleated pants. Mm-hmm. Where it's almost like you have a pillowcase in front of the, uh, like in mm-hmm. front of your, uh, in front of your thighs, like on your pants, while he was on the golf course. Yeah, it, it looked so strange. Well, it didn't matter where he was. I mean, it was just loose pants, <laughs> always. He's the one of the you're... weirdest dressers of all time for a guy who's like so cool when he was playing. He wears right. fucking jorts and. Uh, <laughs> he still wears like boot cut jeans and just a bunch of weird shit for a guy who has a billion dollars still doesn't know how to dress but his yeah his style hasn't changed since he was drafted like he still wears those stupid ass kango hats or whatever they're called (laughs) his one loop earring huge jeans even like what he was wearing during his interviews he wears like he still wears these baggy ass (laughs) t-shirts loose jeans jorts all the time um but you know what? I mean, I... Cigar and a glass of whiskey. Yeah, I'm not going to tell him how to dress. What am I um, supposed to say? This is what I was going to ask you. In terms of, like, the look of players back then, I think mm-hmm. <clears throat> one of the things I notice or kind of miss is, number one, the look of the court. The way that, like, when they go into the playoffs, how mm-hmm. they have, like, the NBA Finals or playoffs sticker on the court, and then they have, like, the title around the, mm-hmm. the half-court logo. I think that's sick. Um, I also they don't do that anymore. No, because uh, because it's like considered a slipping hazard. I guess th- they're really stickers, so like, um, mm-hmm. guys were like falling and whatever. And then um, I also just miss number one, guys wearing suits to the game because it just looks like cool and professional, and that that's what makes them mm-hmm. kind of have that mystique too. I, I kind of think agree. about that. Like if Jordan was showing up in his own throwback jersey or something, I'd be like. Looks like a clown, but yeah. Or if he started dre- started dressing like Russ. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think the fact that they ride buses too is cool as well. Like it, it's just a badass look, like getting off the bus. Oh yeah, with the headphones on, yeah, shades that's on. Sick. It's almost that's like college football kind of like I think it looks sick. And then I saw it on Twitter. I think Coley Mick brought it up about like when they used to share one tunnel as well. That's crazy. Oh yeah, like the players. How did Rodman not then. just fight the entire other team Bro, while I was going through the tunnel? <laughs> man, if I was on the other end of that, I would take my sweet-ass time getting off the court. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Or I'd have just the 13th guy on the team, like, take Rodman out. Or just try to, or, like, use him as, like, try a to get him into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, they raffle off, like, um, like a, uh, a halftime winner from the crowd, and you get to serve <laughs> as the human shield going through the tunnel. <laughs> Just get hit with like loose popcorn and beer and right hooks from Dennis Rodman. But speaking of courts, um, bro, how about that that Celtics court from uh, <laughs> from the sixty three point game? Have you seen some of those things on Twitter going around, like zoom in of the court? Yeah, you can see like bro, like lines of dust. You can see like lumps, like in like craters <laughs> in the court. I don't get how anyone dribbled on that court or like ran on it. It's just so uneven fucking old no wonder larry bird's career didn't last that long he was playing Shit. on like a brain on fucking asphalt yeah. <laughs> it almost looked like the equivalent to the outdoor basketball court in space jam once the monsters land it literally split a crack through the middle of the court 
you might as well play on that thing and probably get better traction. Um, but bro, I will say that that montage of him putting up 63 against Boston. Oh, that was so cool. Just an absolute mid-range clinic, like mm. a lot of people have never seen before. Like that type of game is so rare now. A lot of people talk about like Kawhi's mid-range game, bro. It's not even close. Like that, right. he he didn't attempt the three that entire game. Like didn't need to. That was just like that was so smooth. Like just working your defender, get, getting separation, and like I said, man, just just putting on an absolute clinic of of mid-range jumpers. The only mm-hmm. thing I could think of recently is when um, nah, nah, as far even just like general isolation in general, like back when like they would just isolate everything for like Carmelo and just let him cook for a little bit. But even oh, yeah. like everyone calls James Harden like the go-to isolation guy. He's He's just fucking doing his, his triple dribble and putting up thirty foot jumpers and stuff like that. It's just different. But <laughs> yeah, that, that was just, sick to watch. Yeah. Um him and he also just looks so fucking cool when he fir- well, he always did, but especially when he first came out. He still had the hair. So he had like the nice hairline going. He wore the chain. the leg band. Yep, the chain. He had the the Jordan ones on. Yep. Um and he was just that that one play where he fucking cooked Larry Bird on like mm-hmm. three between the legs dribbles looks so cool, but Bro, yeah, that that whole good. thing was awesome. And and actually, talking about the courts thing, I was kind of thinking I kind of wish that the NBA Finals was played, um, maybe not the entirety of the playoffs, but just the finals. If they put that in a football stadium the way that they did with mm. March Madness, because mm-hmm. watching the UNC Georgetown highlight was what made me thought of it. Oh my yeah. god! I feel like that environment would be crazy. I don't know what you yeah, think about cool. that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Playing it like, um, even they played it at like classic, like at the Rose Bowl or something like that in the middle of the summer. That would be insane. Or like yeah. at like Michigan's Big House or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. Um, I guess you'd have to make it so that there's still some sort of home court advantage. But I don't know. That would look so cool to have like sixty thousand people watching a basketball game. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole Scotty, Scotty Pippen contract thing? That was pretty much like the, a big underlying narrative of episode two. Yeah, I definitely see that it's, it's easy to, to feel bad for him. And, and I do, um, on one hand, but Mm -hmm. then on the other, I don't know. I, I think now as we get older, I'm more, more and more so every year I'm like pro player because, whatever what the fuck do i care it's not my money so i don't feel Mm -hmm. bad for the organization so i do feel bad for him in the sense that like by whatever year two or three he was way outperforming how much money he was getting because it was a seven year 18 million dollar which seven years is a ridiculous term like that's only in baseball that that happens these days yeah yeah. especially guys are lucky to be locked in for like two plus one or one plus one yeah yeah uh, but seven years, 18 million is absurd. But mm-hmm. at the same time, just because he came from poverty. So he's like, oh, 18 million. I, I could walk outside and like get hit by a car tomorrow. So I might as well like lock yeah. all this up for my family. But um, yeah, I definitely wish that the organization had had been like, you know what? You are way better than this money. So let's rework the contract. And instead he was, <laughs> I don't know. It, it is hilarious to picture Jordan leaves the game in like a private jet or like mm-hmm. a with like a chauffeur and a limo, mm-hmm. and Scotty Scotty like, takes an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> or Scotty's waving down like a, a secondhand like Ford Explorer or something, yeah. asking mom, Jordan for gas money. His mom comes and picks him up like at the end of like uh like youth basketball practice in like his gym shorts and winter jacket. <laughs> I, I I'd be curious to see how the contract was actually like pitched to him at the time. Because I hate and I don't I really don't like going on this narrative and stuff like that. But they they de- they obviously tried to produce it and play it off about him coming from poverty and being taken advantage of and stuff like that. And that that's fine. I guess I get it. Um, but here's the other thing I was thinking, dude. It to Scotty's credit or Scotty's point, he signed this you know shitty deal, bro. He didn't start complaining or asking about anything. It took him it took him five rings. Before he was like, you know what, like, I, I think I'm a little underpaid <laughs> compared to some of these other guys. And that's kudos to him, dude, because you, you compare it to, especially nowadays with like, you know, these uh, NFL guys like fucking, what's his name? Like Zeke Elliott, 
uh, holding out and going to Cabo because he's he's pissed about his fucking rookie contract deal and just like bullshit like that. It's just like, dude, like this guy, he's he made a business decision. He's a grown ass man. He worked with it. He dealt with it. He balled every day. He, he won five before really making something public about like, you know what? I, I enough is enough. Like you guys got to You got to meet me in the middle somewhere and help me out here. So I think, I think that was kudos to him as far as that goes. It's like a one day after, <laughs> after the uh, he's coming home from the um, fifth championship parade and his wife's mm-hmm. like, yeah, by the way, I've never asked you, like, we always keep our finances separate. Like, yeah. how, how much are you, uh, what are you bringing in from, from uh, Chicago there, from the United Center? And he's like, oh, fuck. Cool couple mil. <laughs> A good point. Before taxes. <laughs> yeah, his wife's like, do you think, I don't know, just kind of spitballing. You think maybe you should bring this up? And he's like, hmm. I'll ask politely, and uh, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, and also, fuck this surgery that I need to get. <laughs> yeah, I'll write it. I'll write an email. I mean, I can't help to ask. Um, <laughs> the only thing I think of, dude, as soon as that whole like contract negotiation scene started, was that scene in the office when uh, Daryl's trying to work a negotiation, and they find out what Michael makes. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn, Mike, this is barely more than I make. <laughs> Is it? Doesn't he start listing off his company perks, which they're all like pretty stupid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so good. <laughs> um, yeah, poor Scotty. I don't know, but I mean, it's like, what are you gonna do? I mean, even like, uh, what's the owner's name? Um, Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah, even he's like, bro, I tell, <laughs> I straight up, here's here's your offer. I wouldn't take it if I were you. Hmm, all right, where do I sign? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I. I'm not. I'm not even gonna hand you this pen because you should not sign it. I brought okay, my own. Don't my own. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I brought my own signed copy of the contract. Uh, I had a feeling this is what you'd hmm. offer me. I, I um, actually did Adobe sign in the waiting room on my phone, so we're good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, See you in Scott, seven years. Scotty counters with a lower deal. Yeah, I was thinking six years, two million. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely not sign that contract if I were you. That, that All right. Sticks out his hand. Yeah. All right. Five it is. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up right, an interesting not... point because I, I thought it was weird how Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, mm-hmm. was saying like, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend that you sign this because if you do, I'm not going to renegotiate with you. Yeah. And I was like, why why is he saying time. don't sign this if he's the one offering it? Yeah, and then I, I looked it up and it was because the owner pretty much gave Jerry Krause the Mm-hmm. the run of the the place like he had control of the money which is crazy to me to for the owner to be like no you can just decide how i spend my money because the yeah. owner's not paying them but it's like all right well um you're gonna have to deal with jerry on this but this is jerry krause's offer i wouldn't accept it force him to like offer you something better um don't come to me about it and also I, i'm not going to be the one to make you the offer so it's like it, it's like a, a middleman even mm-hmm. though he's the owner and he's really like a very the strange, weird, very strange job description. <laughs> very strange, typical day to day, I guess you could say <laughs> for an owner of an organization. Um, speaking of Scotty, dude, I, I, I wrote this down too. that little montage talking about Scotty Pippen's kind of like um, story from from high school to college is one of the more bizarre things I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> For a couple of reasons, um, literally started out as the equipment manager <laughs> for like some D2, you know, little, little college program in Arkansas. Fast forward to, what was it like the fourth or the fifth round pick in the NBA draft? Mm-hmm. Top 50 player of all time, six ranks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and dude, this too. And I remember Dennis Rodman had a similar story in his 30 for 30. Scottie Pippen grew five inches his sophomore year. Freshman to sophomore year. Could you imagine, like, going freshman year, like, hanging out with your roommate or something, living with them for nine months, coming back three months later over the summer, and your roommate grew six inches? <laughs> like, how <laughs> unexplainable that would be. And yeah, Dennis it, Rodman had a similar story. He grew, like, six or seven inches between, like, senior year of high school and, like, sophomore year of college. That, that can drastically change your life. I feel like all the best basketball players have 
pretty much that story. Growth like at some yeah. Po- yeah, at some point or another, in about three months, they grew like a foot. I don't yeah, understand. That's <laughs> absurd. I was pretty much like I think I I hit my height like I don't know maybe like freshman year of high. I don't remember growing much like once I got. Oh my god! I would. Uh, I skated oh. six inches in a matter of a year. <laughs> I would kill for an extra six inches, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. And I'm not, I guess I should have sent a note to the producer. I, I assumed they meant six inches in height. Um, but can't assume anything nowadays. Um, no, that was pretty crazy. I, I think, like, not for nothing, like, going through all that, like, how hard it was for him to get where he was, not for nothing, man, I'd, I'd I'd probably jump at like the first contract offer I got as well. And and that's why I go back to saying I'd, I'd really like to see how that original contract was proposed to him because I really can't – I want to, but it's hard to buy into like the people who are, you know, monetarily emphasized to save – not save, but, you know, keep, keep money as low as – keep costs as low as possible. They – I can't imagine them being upset with Scottie Pippen signing that contract. Like I just can't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Especially if you said, "Hey, you know, sign this," but I'm not. I'm not going to talk to you about a renegotiation until this is up. It, it, it's just. I, I don't know. It's just. It's just. It's so. It's so. Um. So strange nowadays, just because, dude. If you think about it, sports nowadays, half the narratives are all in the off season. Maybe even more than half. You know, it's all about free agents and contracts and who's getting paid this and who's holding out. And, like, honestly, contracts don't even mean shit anymore. Like, people hold out every year. I don't even know what a contract is for. People who are under contract get traded, they they get cut, they get renegotiated, they get franchise tagged. It's like I don't the the idea of like an actual contract. It's crazy, especially in baseball. Like dudes sign dudes are thirty years old and they sign twenty year contracts for four hundred million dollars. Like what does that <laughs> even mean? <laughs> like seriously, like on an annual basis, what the fuck does that even mean? I'm gonna be here for the next twenty years? No chance. Right. Yeah, especially in the NBA now where you. <clears throat> the the GM sees you giving him like one wrong look and he's like oh fuck he's not gonna honor the rest of his contract like yeah, oh shit I didn't uh, I didn't say bless you when he sneezed he's probably out of here like next week shit. <laughs> um time to yeah. renegotiate <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like when Scotty went home and and told either his his like significant mm-hmm. other or his family about it I'm sure mm-hmm. just because they were so used to being poor. They were like, yeah, you need to take that, no questions asked, or else, yeah, they're probably like, in a worst case scenario, what if you say no, and they just like, they're like, fuck you, we're we're just not going to pay you anything. Like, I'm sure they were thinking, no, you need to take that immediately, like, call him back tonight, let Mm -hmm. him know that you'll drive there and fucking fax him the the contract if need be, so, just crazy to think, like, before all the leverage was in the owners, and now it's definitely with the players. Yeah. I also thought back to load management as well. Imagine, remember Kawhi's last year with the Spurs? Imagine <laughs> yeah. him doing that, like, on the 96 Bulls, like, right in the middle of, like, all this thing. If if he, at the time, was, like, their number two. Oh, my God. Like, Jordan nah, would have, like, dumped I'm not gonna him play. through the rim. I think my quad still hurts. I'll probably <laughs> wait out till next year so I can get a contract and go somewhere else. Anyway, good luck, guys. <laughs> like, that shit wouldn't fly. I think the funniest part about that is like, like they get pissed about um, how in the beginning of that season they were just losing games left and right, especially mm-hmm. for for them. They were probably going 500, which is okay for most teams, but mm-hmm. those guys were pissed and they're five time champions. And Jordan was like, "No, this is fucking bullshit." Dude, they Someone were else four on the road. Up. Yeah, they, were, they lost four road games and they cut to Phil Jackson going in the locker room and like slamming the door. <laughs> <laughs> like they just got like swept out of the finals 100 percent good point absolutely dude absolutely yeah, it's like uh now Kawhi doesn't play four games in a row like it's just it's just crazy yeah. those guys are getting pissed about games in november yep. meanwhile Kawhi is is liable to sit out in the middle of a fucking playoff race in like april or, mm-hmm. or march mm-hmm. yeah, so just crazy well, dude, you saw you saw that scene too um back in early mike days when he was coming off the injury he was literally doing he, – he went back to North Carolina to rehab and started playing five-on-five five and shit like that. And he was killing himself to come back and play, like, two extra minutes over his, like, uh, minute limit to have a potential chance to snag the eight seed. 
in the East <laughs> and get smoked by Boston, obviously, like potentially go up against the great one of the greatest teams of all time. Like yeah. it's just it's just crazy. It's just like a different it's just a different day. Um, and not to sound too much of like, a, you know, back in my day type of argument, but man, that shit was just so good to like get refreshed with like that era of basketball and those personalities and like those players. Um, this one is quick. Uh, the, uh, the interview with, um, former Chicago resident Barack Obama, that was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't even like think it was that funny at the time. Cause I'm just like, Oh, like, yeah, he is a, not for nothing. That probably made more sense than saying President Barack Obama because no one else would know he's from Chicago. You know what I mean? Like a like a, a traditional fan. It, it just looked kind of funny. Um, and then Bulls traveling cocaine circus as well. Oh my God! Yeah, the, how hard Jordan laughed, and it was almost like he he did like a a really loud laugh, <laughs> slapped his knee, paused, and was like, "All right, I'll laugh again. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if I believe his story or not." I think I do. Who don't believe it? How? Like he was a part of it? Yeah, like he just threw everyone else under the bus when really he probably did join them. But I don't yeah. think that he would have thought that story like quick enough on his feet, number one. And number mm-hmm. two, I think he is maniacal enough, especially at that age, to be like, no, fuck this. Like I actually – I care about this, and I want to win, so you guys do yeah. whatever the fuck you want. So I, I think I do believe it, but I, I could see people's points who are like – Hmm, a little sketchy how, how there's probably like a bunch of Bulls players from the mid 80s right now watching this special, having to explain to their family like, no, nah, I, w- yeah. I wasn't one of the guys in that room. <laughs> I, I saw that, too. Yeah, that, that is that is funny. And the way they the way they produced it and cut it was hilarious, too. They cut back to him, like making his bed and like vacuuming his hotel room, <laughs> washing the dishes, <laughs> <laughs> reading his playbook and then like tucking himself in and like pulling his, his light off and going to sleep. Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty good. I saw something about that. I think there was like actually a clip on Twitter before the show about that, and uh, I like completely forgot about it until the episode aired. Um, but yeah, that was pretty good. But again, I, I think I think stories like that, bro, like that that just ties in, into like the Michael Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, uh, like lore and like aura around him. You know what I mean? Like Mike was different. Yep. Like he 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 didn't do that shit. Like do I think Mike? Michael Jordan's never done cocaine and went out and did drugs and stuff like that back then. No, probably not. But it, it, it just shows you that there's that narrative and that aura that basketball is bigger than everything. Um, and, and that's yeah. pretty clear. But now, I mean, now he's an alcoholic and, you know, gambling <laughs> addict and shit like that. But, but back yeah, in the day, when he was young, I, I, yeah, <laughs> seriously, he's not, he, he doesn't look very healthy. <laughs> that, that guy has smoked. Like he has to have the world record for cigars smoked. If that was somehow yeah. tallied. He always has a fucking like the fattest stogie in his hand, no matter what interview he's doing. But yeah, it's just um, like he's not the picture of health for sure. <laughs> I mean, I hate. I mean, he's like he's like a poster boy for like those examples of people who are like, uh, what's the word? Like have a high chance of catching coronavirus. He's got like <laughs> some respiratory issues for sure. <laughs> Big time on that one. Um, yeah, it's a good point that he just. His primary priority, um, especially during the season, was basketball. Like, yeah, he, he may have fucked around during the offseason or whatever, but he always knew that like he it was never going to cause him to miss a game or play like lackluster. So, yeah. I'd be curious to see shout a Shout out stat. Cocaine. <laughs> oh, big shout out there. Um, shout out Cocaine Traveling Circus. Uh, good group of guys, but... but. Man, were their priorities in the wrong place? I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. That, that's how you get the third pick in the draft. Going <laughs> traveling cocaine circus. Um, so yeah, so wrap this up. I think uh, next week's episode is going to be dope. As far as the the last dance goes, not our episode. I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. We should probably talk about something else between now and then. Um, but bro, that I see me saw that clip. I think I might have tagged you in it. That preview of of next week talking about Dennis Rodman's forty eight hour vacation. <laughs> that's he, gonna be some insane shit yeah they'll um when they start talking about that i can picture them just going down his itinerary and i'm sure he fit in more to 48 hours than the average person My could life. fit in like their lifetime easily oh god and like did they say that he went to vegas he said he wanted to go to vegas that's what oh, dennis okay. wanted to do um I'm, I'm 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 30 years old i consider myself a pretty successful guy you know, I do a lot for my family, um, you know, have a good steady job. 
there is no way I've done as much in my life as Dennis Rodman probably did in that 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, so last dance overall, man, first couple episodes definitely lived up to the hype. This is going to be a really fun five weeks, however long it is. Uh, next week's going to be fun diving into a little bit. looks like diving into Rodman's story a little bit. And then uh, I'm hoping soon, it's like, I assume after a, an MJ, Scotty, and Rodman episode, we're going to start really focusing on that 98 season. Uh, so that, that's going to be dope as well. Any, uh, any closing remarks, so before we sign off for the people? Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it from the perspective of like uh, Randy Brown. You? <laughs> that's going to be a fire episode. That might actually be its own like mini-series. Um, no, on a serious I note. I can't wait uh, to see where that goes. <laughs> I I I'm really looking forward to it sucks that uh, I'm already saying we only have four more weeks of this but it it is sweet that it's going to take us through uh, like between the episodes playing on Sundays and then honestly reading mm-hmm. Twitter is my most social slash like entertaining thing that will keep me going sure. for this next four weeks and then hopefully by the you know yeah. by the time that we get to the end of that we'll be closer to real sports coming back but in the meantime I think this is we couldn't have asked for a, a better thing to kind of hold us over. Like I, th- I think there, there couldn't have been a more popular yep. um, choice to go with. So yeah, I, I love it. And yep. uh, looking forward to, to seeing more about the actual season. Yeah, that'll be dope. I think next time we hop on, maybe we'll jump into a little more current NBA. Uh, maybe take a yep. look at the current playoff bracket, kind of, uh, you know, talk a little about uh, some hypotheticals there. Uh, a lot going on as well between uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, aka Patriots 2.0, um, yeah. and some other cool stuff as well. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll chop it up then. Um, but signing off until then. Peace. All right. Later. All right. You can stop recording now.